Hi there. You know, we've been talking about how to pray in the last days or praying in the last days. And um, we started off building our households, making a list of the people in our households, our families, our immediate families, because, you know, we look around us and we see darkness upon the earth. Yea, deep darkness is covering the earth. And that's all the signs that the return of Christ could be happening soon are there. Now, it could take a thousand years, or it could be tomorrow, or it could be before we finish this broadcast. So um, we just want to be ready. And I, I got to thinking that, are my relatives ready? You might feel like you're ready, and I think all of us feel like we might might feel like we're ready, but then again, <clears throat> if the Lord sat down next to us and started explaining some things, we might realize we're not as ready as we thought we were. But it says in Revelations that the bride makes herself ready, that we prepare ourselves for the glory of God. And that's what we're talking about. We want to get the loved ones, our loved ones in our life. Uh, if you've ever um, seen or heard any testimonies of someone who uh, God allowed to go to hell and then come back and tell about it, uh, you would not want your loved one to go there. And there, there's steps that we can take. I know in my past, several of the people in my family have been delivered and snatched out of the fire. But uh, uh, the thought of them going to hell, just I, could, I couldn't have lived with that. And I know that whenever I have set my mind, you know, the promises of God are yes and amen. And he, if I would try to give him an excuse about things, he would always come back and say, but, but didn't I tell you that anything you ask in prayer believing you shall receive? I'd go, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> so there, we, we really don't have any excuses. And I think God is just calling us in. Please come in and join in this attitude of prayer for those who are not yet ready for the return of Christ. And I do believe that um, even though uh, that that we will, uh, that our prayers now stay in the earth, and we may go in a rapture of the church, if you will, but um, our prayers stay here. And those people that didn't make that first that first journey uh, will have our prayers working for them still, even if they don't miss the tribulation. And that's a long story, so I don't want to go off in that. I just want to talk about some steps that. I have discovered through the years I've been, I've known the Lord for 50 years. I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost for 45 years. And all that time I have been a studier of his word and um, interested in the things of his word. And I have been practicing his word as best I can. And I've seen the delivering power in his word in the lives of those people around me. So uh, I just want to share that with you. And some of the steps that he took me through. You know, the person that changes the most when we go on this journey that we're going to take is us. Because he, he cleans us out and gets us um, and educates us on how things work. And we get the blessing in this. And we end up, our health and healing comes forth like the noonday sun, it says in Isaiah 58. So, <clears throat> And one of my favorite sayings in the restoration of women's virtues is that the moral state of a nation reveals the spiritual state of its women. So stop and think about that and look at the United States of America. 
The moral state of a nation is revealing the spiritual state of the women here. And the women could also be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the moral state of the nation is revealing our spiritual state. So we, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of praying, praying to do. And one thing we need to know is that in the days ahead, in the darkness that's ahead, uh, we will um, be in a safe place as we pray. Jesus said, pray that you enter not into temptation. He, he didn't mean it to be, ask me that you not enter into temptation. He meant to say that when you're praying, you won't in, enter into temptation. Uh, some One of these podcasts, I want to bring you a uh, vision that Mark Barkley had years back. Uh, I, I have to find it in my pile of things and all my papers in my office. But but it's a vision that he had in a Kenneth Hagin meeting. And uh, the darkness was so great that was coming up over the hill. There was a cloud of deep darkness coming. And <clears throat> he said it, it had a sucking power and it. it had a suction to it. So um, you, you wouldn't be able to help but be drawn towards it. And so... Uh, the way to miss that and and not be drawn towards it, not be taken under by it, is to be in prayer. Prayer will be your safeguard. Prayer will be your Garden of Eden, that place of prayer. And one thing is that love never seeks its own. So the love of God is what never fails. But it, it never fails because it's never seeking its own. So when you're seeking God for someone else, that is a safe place. You you can miss all kinds of sickness and disease. You can miss all kinds of uh, uh, happenings, of evil happenings, because you are in the safe place. You, you are in that secret place where God lives. And so <clears throat> the first thing that um, happened that we need to do that I feel like the Lord showed me when I was praying for a, a loved one in my family, and they were... Uh, addicted to alcohol and um, pills. Uh, this person had anxiety attacks, and so they would get on to Xanax. And if one Xanax was good, then four would be really good. <laughs> so, And they had a problem with addictions through the years. And um, I had spent like eight years praying for this person. Uh, actually, she's already gone to heaven, so I can tell you it was my mom. It was my mom. And she had a nervousness about her that caused her to want to have pills to settle her down. And then she would get addicted to them. And she had some serious things happen to her in her life that would leave somebody embittered. And uh, being that she she was not in a place where she was being taught the things that I'm going to be even teaching you here. If, if you don't know what to do, you can't be expected to do it. I always like to say there's there's three reasons for suffering. One is a lack of knowledge. Most people perish for lack of knowledge. Two is you have the knowledge, but you're not doing it. And three is you have the knowledge, you're doing it, and you're suffering for righteousness sake. So um, she didn't have the knowledge. And um, anyway, I, I, I prayed for her for years. And I remember one night, just, well, this was the kind of prayer I had for her. Lord, if you can do anything... Please do it. I mean, that was a real prayer of faith and power, wasn't it? Well, as I started my journey with this person in my life, with my mom, <clears throat> seeking God for her, and like I said, I would fall in bed at night and say, Lord, if you can do anything, please do it, which was not the most powerful prayer in the world. Well, finally, I got to a place where I said, um, 
Jesus, I had I, come to the point in my growth in the spirit life with, with the Lord that there's victory in Jesus. Now, you've got to get that established. There's always victory in Jesus. Now, I know as human beings, we like to make excuses for why we didn't have the victory, but God's already won these victories, and he just wants somebody to stand in the gap and hold, hold, hold it in place until it comes into manifestation. But it's already been won from heaven's point of view, and the Lord won it at the cross. He won the victory in everything at the cross. And so um, I had come to the place where I knew there's victory in Jesus, and I was not seeing that victory. And that's an important point to get to because that's when we start bringing our human thinking in on things, and we make excuses for why we don't have a victory. I could have said, well, God just needed her in heaven, or God just, well, maybe we'll look at it later, but in Numbers, this is what, where he corrected me. In the book of Numbers in 13 and 14, chapters 13 and 14, um, God wanted to throw in the towel with Israel and start over with Moses. Remember that? He got so mad at the Israelites, and he said, I'll just start over with you. And Moses said this to him, and this is what God used to me when I was trying to make excuses. He said, if you don't, if you do that, then the enemy will say, because they've, they've looked on and they heard that you were a powerful God. And if you do that, then they will say that you weren't powerful enough to bring these people across to their, their promised land, that you didn't have the power. And he was saying, if you stop now, then people will think, I can do some things, but I can't do all things. And so that's, that's, a, good re that's a good motivator to stay with the program. And so uh, that, when I got to the place where I knew there's victory in Jesus and I wasn't seeing it, I just said, Lord, I'm not praying for her anymore until you tell me how to pray. Because there's victory in Jesus and I'm not seeing the victory. So I must be doing it. I must be doing something wrong. And so I'm not going to pray anymore until you tell me exactly how to pray. And I've told this before on these podcasts, but it's really was an important time in my life. And uh, I realized that um, the next a couple of mornings later, I woke up and I had a word of knowledge. And it was very clear to me that three demons had her in bondage. There was a, a root of bitterness. There's certain, certain things that are root, called roots. Uh, bitterness is one and love is one. And when there's a root to it, then it's really embedded. And that's kind of what we're talking about, praying for the hardcore cases, the ones that are having roots embedded in them. And how do we seek God and, and find out how to uproot some of these deeply rooted wrong thinkings and thought patterns that we've had or experiences that have caused that in our life. And so um, there was bitterness there was, and bitterness and jealousy are two spirits that kind of hang out together because people that are jealous usually are very bitter too. I mean, there's a bitterness about them. And so bitterness and jealousy and alcoholism. Well, see, I was just looking at the alcoholism. I wasn't thinking it was anything but the alcoholism. And that's why I was, I was picking the leaves off the tree, but I wasn't cutting, putting the ax to the root of the tree. And that's what we want to learn to do. And so um, getting in position is very important. I, I, really don't even, I really didn't even stress that in this outline, but I will stress it because restoration of women's virtues 
is about women finding their place and getting in. I hate to say it that way because people will it'll turn people off with hear me say it like that. But the the kingdom of God is an orderly place, and when we get out of order, then the word can't run a free course. And so uh, it's important that we keep our st- hold our positions and stay in order. We can't be caught up in strife somewhere and and out of position and think we're going to have the power of God coming out of us in order to help somebody. So how our how our walk of righteousness goes is very important as we travel along this journey on these scriptures. So establishing a proper motive was step one, if you will, and and holding making sure you're in the right position. Um, for instance, in my case, I was praying for my mother. If I'd have been disrespectful to my husband and out of order with him, I wouldn't have had the power of God in me to be able to help her. I, you can't live in strife with someone and disrespect God's order and expect to have God's power in your mouth. You just can't do that. And so the first steps are examining yourself and finding out um, uh what, where you're out of order, where you're out of place. Amen. In fact, that's what I think Isaiah 58 talks about. This is the fast that I've chosen and that it's that we give up some of these things. A lot of times people want to make sure we suffer. Well, we, you suffer when you have to give up all your thoughts and all your, what you would rather see happen and do what's right in the kingdom in order to see the work, the power of God come through and set people free. So, my, I finally got to a place with my mom that I had to say, you know, why am I praying here? When I started off, I started praying because she was my mother and I loved her. And, and then you start praying because that's what good Christians do. <laughs> I wanted to be a good Christian. And so I wanted to pray for my mom. So <clears throat> the first thing I do is why am I praying? Because the scriptures tell me to. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Matthew 5 and 6 says to pray for your enemies. What other reason would I be? Because I have a great interest in the person I'm praying for. I want to be a good Christian. I love this person and I don't want to see them go to hell. Well, Those are legitimate reasons, but they're not the most powerful reason. Because I want to be a fervent Christian. That's not the most powerful reason, although it can be wrapped up in the most powerful reason. The effectual fervent prayer, a continued heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much and makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I love that scripture. It's so powerful. But to purify your motive, you have to, you have to do this because you're doing it for the Lord. And when I got to that place, I was free. I got free because let me tell you what happens. You can go in to start praying for someone. And um, one thing I will tell you, whenever I've made the decision and made the commitment, I've always won. Now, I've a lot of times not made the decision and the commitment and I haven't won. But when I've made the commitment and determined that this, this, that the word is true in this kitchen, this situation. When I've done that and made that commitment and stayed focused on it, I've, it's always produced. So there's hope. Whatever situation you're dealing with, there is hope. The word of God 
is fruitful and productive and it works and it sets people free and it can do it from a distance. I mean, you know, you don't have to be right there. In fact, it's easier if they're not in your household under your roof where you see it every day. It's a lot easier to hold your focus like that. So your motive gets purified. And when you, when you make a determination to believe God for this, it says, uh, when Paul was sent out, the Lord told him to, um, he, he sent them to the, he sent the apostle Paul to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So whenever you talk, start a journey of faith, it's going to be a sanctifying work of the Holy Ghost. Faith sanctifies. I used to ask the Lord, Lord, why, why can't you just give, how about a gimme, you know? Why does it always have to be by faith? It's because that faith, when you take that journey of faith, it presses out your fleshliness, your carnal nature, and it releases the righteousness of God in us. And it's a sanctifying work. And not a, it sanctifies you, but it sanctifies what you're praying about. It's, you're praying about for a person, you're praying over a situation, whatever it is, it's a, it sanctifies the situation. You know, I think about how when you used to get a shot, and they'd clean that area with alcohol or whatever. So they sanctified the area so they could bake the shot. Well, your faith in, in this sanctify is a sanctifying work. And so whatever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory we have that overcomes the world, even our faith. So that's, that's an important part. Now, why am I praying? I'm praying for the sake that the, the nations around me will know that my God reigns and has the power to deliver. You know, the, the victories that come into manifestation, and like I said, these victories have already been won. I remember uh, one time after winning some victories, I had another occasion to fight another battle, and I just remember telling the Lord, Lord, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> King's X, can you take me out of the game? I, I'm just, I'm about done. And, and I just don't, I just don't have the fight in me to believe for this, to believe this anymore. And he's so sweet. He just gently said to me, that's all right. You don't have to accept the victory I have for you here. And I said, the victory you have for me here? Basically, he was telling me, I've already won this victory. I'm just asking you to believe it into manifestation. That's what our faith does. When we stay strong on our faith, and how do I do that? You keep speaking the word to yourself. When, when you start feeling yourself um, drift off, just get back and look at that word and act like the Bible's true. Just act like the Bible's true. Just, just say it's true. Because one day, whoa, it appears and it's true. Don't you know the, uh, the just thinking the, the disciples when Jesus walked through the door, they had seen him crucified in a bloody crucifixion. And now he's walking through the door resurrected. That was quite a day for them. Well, when, when, when you see your faith manifested in the victory that you stood in faith for, it's amazing. And you will be so glad you did. So another reason 
Okay, you, you start off doing it for yourself or doing it for this other person. And finally, I got to the place, because let me tell you, the enemy, when you start believing God for things, when you start targeting a person, well, whatever demons have them in bondage are going to fight you tooth and nail. Don't think you're going to get this for free. You're going to have to stay focused and keep speaking the word. It's a work of faith. So you have things to do here. And uh, uh, so you've got your motive now is not, I finally got to the place where I didn't do it for me. I didn't do it for my mom. I was doing it for the Lord, and He deserves the glory. Jesus paid a price. The Father sacrificed a lot, and He deserves the glory. Amen? And so now you get your motive pure. You're in position, and you get your motive purified. Another place it says in Psalm 6-4, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for Thy mercy's sake. So you do it for the Lord's, for the name's sake of the Lord. You do it for His mercy's sake. Amen. And, uh, and you, and you get healed. Now, I think we're going to, uh, bring it in right now because I just encourage you, um, whatever you're believing God for. And I I would pray uh, mainly my thought pattern here is for souls. You know, we, we talked last time about how some people are low-lying fruit and they get saved easy. My, my mother and the Lord about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, she said, I was standing on a street corner just waiting for someone to tell me about Jesus. Well, everybody's not like that. Some people are in bondage and embedded to uh, high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. They, I, I remember a girl years back in my past when we first... When we first started going to the Assembly of God Church, a spirit-filled church, she was very turned off by that. She was a friend of mine. Because when she was a teenager, an Assembly of God minister had been very rude to her and cruel. And that's all she remembers about Assembly of God then was that. So see, that's a, a high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And that's what the Holy Spirit, when you... I mean, praying for her, the Holy Spirit will tell you things like that. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. This is an exciting journey. So I pray that you'll keep tuned in and make comments. Tell me if I've, if you didn't understand something I said, or if the Lord spoke directly to you, that would help me to know that, that I heard him right. So, um, let's, Let's get together about our households. I've been re-inspired on mine. I, you know, cousins and nephews and all kinds of people to pray for. I'll tell you, we're running out of time and this age is coming to a close. So we want to be busy about our father's business. And, and the most exciting thing you can do is to work in the kingdom of God. It's amazing. So God bless you. And Get your prayer list out for next time. Amen. Early in Mary Jean's Christian walk, she asked the Lord about what is her role as a woman in the kingdom of God. And he revealed to her in these two books that she was allowed to write really show the power and influence of women. And she's talking today about the power of praying for your children. And there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. I learned this by praying the wrong prayer, praying for one of our sons. 
And I was praying what I was seeing in the natural. I was praying and judging my prayer on what he did, what he said, and where he went. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to pray the way I see him and the way you desire to see him. Speak of things as be not as though they were. And so I started praying as I wanted to see him and I felt like the Lord wanted to see him. And there wasn't a whole lot of faith in my prayers, but I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And every day I got stronger and stronger until it became a reality and God answered my prayers because I was praying in faith. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7 14, if my people who honor me will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn, I will surely answer. And that's what happens when we pray in faith the way God sees it in God's outcome is at stake. Amen. God bless you. Stay tuned. We're going to have some more from Mary Jean.